Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 1895 podcast is brought to you by Off The Ball, official media partner of Shelburne FC. The 1895, the official Shelburne podcast, exclusive to Patreon. The ball sinks in towards where Jamie Rogers is up. Rogers sweeps the left I'm angry. I'm angry, Tony. I have to be honest. Murray! Murray! Barclay Shelburne! Noel Murray! Has she won it for the Reds? What a goal! Here's a chance off! Shane Farrell! And Chelsea 2-0! I'm sorry, Tony, but I'm, I'm, I'm angry as well. I was angry before the game. I've been angry for a long time. She gets the winning goal here. Slattery! Oh. Into the back of the net! That is what champions do! That is what winners do! Pearl Slattery! Over the top by Sullivan. Hughes, goal! Sheldon lead! His cross sticks to Vegas! Kildoff is the substitute and he scored! Shells lead! We are in to the 94th minute and yes! it's all over! Shelburne yes! FC are first division champions! It's our just reward. We deserve this. We deserve this big time. Here's your host, Stephen Duty. Welcome to the 1895 podcast, the official podcast of Shelburne Football Club. As always, we're brought to you in association with our proud media partners, Off The Ball. A busy weekend of Easter action. Uh, not so good Friday. Damien Duff crucified his team's performance, followed by an Easter Monday win where the Reds resurrected and redeemed themselves with a 2-1 win against Sligo. Here to chat through all of it is former sports broadcaster of the year, Darren Cleary. Dazzler, how are you? I think you should be the sports broadcaster of the year with that intro. It was like something of football years. Like <laughs> It wasn't a good Friday for Chelsea, but Arsenal were resurrected by Monday. <laughs> yeah, look, I said it. Give it a bit of attention. I love Save it. me stumbling off my words like I usually do at the very start and then get off to a bad start. So look, there we are. I, I enjoyed it. You know what I did yesterday when everyone else was watching Man City against Bayern Munich? What did you do? Well, I spent most of it texting you trying to coordinate a podcast, which uh, was was a big effort, and I'm sure at some stage we'll reveal uh, what that's going to be. But I watched the full episode of Dream Team, Season 5, <laughs> Episode 7, which is, uh, I believe it's called Madness in Dublin. Uh, you could be right there, actually, yeah. Um, and it was the episode 
where Hartchester United played the Reds, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. You know what? Loads of people remember it and were down at it and stuff like that. I wasn't for whatever reason. I don't know why. I was a big, big Dream Team fan. It was the only thing about Dream Team was it signaled the end of the weekend. And you were like, oh, here you go. Back to school tomorrow. Every time you'd hear the, you know, the, oh, I was going to do it. (laughs) That exact thing. And I put in the, isn't it right at the end, they hang the jersey up on the the hanger. Yeah. What a program. Unbelievable. Iconic. Absolutely iconic. Um, the, the, The sad thing is, or maybe it's a funny thing is, Falga hasn't changed a bit in 20 years. No, no, like, it it's the very same, if not a little bit, shitter. And uh, at one stage, there's a shot where they're getting off the bus coming in. And Martin the Steward is trying to haul back a gang of ravenous women who are about to tear apart, you know, sex symbol of the jour, Carl Fletcher. And I'm like, Martin is still doing that, except for there's no ravenous women. Well, that's debatable. Carl Fletcher actually ends up uh, impaled on a clothes peg, doesn't he, in the end? But that really angry Scottish manager. I found myself Googling what, where the dream team go, where are they now? And Carl Fletcher's like disappeared off the face of the earth. The last known sighting was he was a lifeguard at a pool in Islington. But he's he's not acting anymore. He's kind of, you know, he's gone a bit off piste. God, couldn't tell you where Monday Bandili is. Um, Ryan Naismith became a bit of a decent actor he was in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, right. Or maybe that was Curtis Alexander. One of them is one of the Joker's henchmen in The Dark Knight Rises. Or maybe it's The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah. And do you know that scene where the Joker's like breaks the pool cue and he's like, we have an opening, but it's only one person. One of the goons in that is Curtis Alexander. Well, can I shock you for a minute? You've never seen The Dark Knight? I've never seen The Dark Knight. Great film. Brilliant. I don't do. I don't really do films. This is gonna sound a bit mad. I watch the same films over and over again. Like, what would be your go-to? Rather than watching, I'm a go-to is Die Hard. <laughs> that that be my go-to. I could nearly go verbatim with that film. I, yeah, big big um, addiction to that film. It's always just the same stuff over and over again. Just talking about Dream Team. I used to love the psychotic goalkeeper Viv Wright. Was that him? I thought you were talking about Jamie Parker. Jamie Parker didn't he get mad into the gambling and? you know, try to kill his teammates, hold them all hostage. Uh, you could be right. Yeah. I used to love when all the contracts would be up, like all the actors' real-life contracts would be up at the end of the season, they just have a big bus crash or <laughs> like a big, some, some big massive fire or something like that to kill off loads of them. Yeah. Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> anyway, right, well, there's a good five minutes spent talking about Dream Team. There's more important issues to talk about. As Darren has mentioned, we do have a special podcast we're going to tell you about, but we're not going to tell you right now. We'll tell you a little bit later on. Are you happy with that? We'll tell them right at the end. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I suppose we have to start with Friday, really, don't we? Unfortunately, we have to start with Friday. And it was fairly shy, to be fair. <laughs> like, I, I tried to break it down on the commentary a little bit with Adam and it's not really anything to break down. We were bad uh, against probably the worst UCD team I've seen in the league in a long, long time. It's probably, is there much more to add than that? It's it just, I was happier last year 
at times when we got hammered. Like, I felt happier after we got whacked by Finn Harps 3-0. I actually don't think I was as annoyed by the cup final as I was UCD. And I know that sounds a bit mad, um, but there was just something about it that I think put everyone on edge. Like, it's everyone came away from that just completely angry and panicked. And usually I'd kind of bemoan some of the the more mental shouts on social media. Um, but I, I probably at this point could have understood the frustration. Ah, um, no. No, I, I not, not agreed with the opinion, but understood the sense of frustration that comes, that leads you to the point to having a mad opinion. Does that make sense? Like, understand why someone's so yeah, annoyed. Well, Even I, if they're not talking sense, I understand why they're so bothered or, or perturbed because on paper like a nil nil draw away to ucd it, it's a bad result but it's not the worst result in the whole wide world like you could probably argue that you know the losses are are worse but that just felt like a a proper kick and everyone was on everyone was wanted to scrap each other i mean you had a row on saturday or friday or sunday whatever day it was about exactly how bad we were yeah yeah, I did. I, I worry sometimes I fall into the category of I maybe defend the team a little bit too much. But I think anyone booing the team off after that was... I thought it was a bit mad. Like, are even people giving a bit of stick? Online is different. Look, like, you're always going to get people online. Maybe you'll jump the gun a bit. But anyone, like, refusing to applaud the team off or... I, do you know what? I don't mind if you want to go and not applaud. That's fine. Go on, you like, leave when you want. Think if you're staying back to give the team a bit of stick. I just I think it's weird. I I'd be at that for a lack of effort. No problem. If there's a lack of effort or a lack of desire or like laziness, that type of thing, absolutely. Hammer players, hammer staff, hammer whoever you want. But we were just brutal, just misplacing simple passes, just wasting possession. Given up chances too easily. We were just pretty bad, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be. I think <laughs> I. It was Saturday night we had our argument because I had one of my saddest moments uh, as a football fan, where I rewatched the UCD game on Saturday night. My ever forgiving missus was watching Anton Deck Saturday night takeaway, and I was lying on the couch rewatching UCD away. Was that just to win the argument? Was that just a case of... No, oh, it was... Yeah. yeah. I suppose we're having a peek behind the curtain a bit here, but you are fairly critical. You you have no problem admitting that, I don't think. You are very critical and of a couple of players in particular and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't really remember. I, that's not the way I've seen it. And that's... I love that about football, that. Like, you could see one thing, I'd see something totally different. And then I started second-guessing myself. I was going, was I just watching a completely different game? Because we actually weren't chatting much during the game. Mm. So, yeah, that's why I went on to rewatch it. And truth be told, I only managed the first half. <laughs> so, that was a bit of a giveaway. But, yeah, look, we weren't great. We weren't great. But, the I'd say the most interesting part of it was... After the game, really, with like your interview with Duffer, Duffer was he's the first one to defend the players, and like he always talks about how he loves them and they're a great bunch. But he was very critical on Friday, wasn't he? 
He was. I think it was. It, it felt like a, a more so a disappointed and a hurt than a an angry. Obviously, there's a there's an element of anger there. But I, I remember in the team news, he he made a point of talking about, you know, obviously. Derry on TV, big game, team that'll challenge for the title, uh, coming to Tolka, the motivation, it's it's easy to cheer yourself up for that. Same with obviously a Bowls, Rovers, Pats, like those those games inherently carry their own things for players. Like you, you even Jack Moylan said when he was on a couple of weeks ago, when he plays Bowls, it's it's the one he, he rings in his calendar every year because feels like he has a point to prove and, and different players get different motivations. And the kind of point was was put like it's is it harder to motivate a group of players or a team to to go to the bowl on a on a Friday night and there was just a, a real a dislike for the sentiment of you know you, you shouldn't need to be or you shouldn't need anyone to motivate you for a league game representing the club you should be up for it and there was it was kind of not highlighted in advance that you know, Fridays against UCD at the bowl could fall flat. I think then when it happened, it, it nearly it nearly felt like it was not inevitable, but I don't know if anyone was really shocked because we just haven't played well there. Like, if you remember the second game of last season, the nil-nil draw, the only highlight being um, a Lewis Webb save that denied them the win, and, of course, the sprinkler in the wheelbarrow. Like, we just haven't had a great time out there. I remember even when we won 2-0 the manager was pretty critical of the performance because he just felt that it wasn't um, wasn't the, the standards they hoped to get to. So yeah, I think that there was a lot of frustration around, wasn't there? The sprinkler in the wheelbarrow is like some really strange children's book. <laughs> <laughs> the sprinkler in the wheelbarrow and Dan Carr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Useless object. Um Anyway, the wheelbarrow had a great use. <laughs> after, like, I got to talk to JJ afterwards, obviously, for the, the club media, and it felt a bit like nobody could really put their finger on it, on the reason behind it. Like, I think it was the first thing I asked them, like, can you, is there a reason behind it? And nobody really seemed to be able to give a specific reason. Like, JJ said, we prepared just as well, if not better, than we do for every other game. Like it was a proper week's training they got in the whole lot. So just one of them freak ones, but with the result we got on Monday night, it just makes Friday a little bit more disappointing. I think. I think I said it on last week's pod with Reggie that I would have been happy probably with four points from the weekend. Now we still got the four points, obviously, but it was the opposite way around. So it does make that Friday a little bit more disappointing, but. Was there any saving grace performances on Friday for you? No. No, I I agree. I don't think that's harsh either. We were brutal from back to front. So I, I I will ask one question, Duty. You kind of mentioned pulling the curtain away, like you, um, JJ. When the manager gave his interview, I'm sure everyone saw it. The next day, I'm sure the players watched things like that to get a sense of of what's been said or what's the mood or, or what's kind of been said publicly. JJ had to, to sit and stand and kind of. Oh, oh it, was so, it was so bad. Um, but generally the order is the manager always goes first. So you always interview the manager first so that we don't have to, I mean, I wouldn't have the neck to leave him standing around waiting. And 
only twice I can remember it happening badly. Once was Cameron in Tonka, I think it was, and that one with JJ. But JJ was just kind of pacing up and down, like waiting on his turn to talk. It was, it was pretty awkward, I have to say. Pretty awkward, but oh, part of me thinks the manager knows what he's doing as well. Like some of the stuff he said during the interview, I think he was heaping a bit of pressure on JJ, maybe. And he was brilliant on Monday. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, like, so, so, so good. He was Man of the match performance. Some of the past, like, I was probably privately a bit frustrated by how safe we were, backwards, sidewards, just playing the numbers, keeping possession, no real cut through, no penetration, no ambition, I suppose, to, to, to take the chance. But then some of the passes, he's spraying in Talca, you know, just big switches, crossfield passes, like proper penetrating balls in behind. He was brilliant on Monday. And when you know the ability that he has, I think probably that's why people are frustrated with a lot of the players' performances on Friday because you know that they're... Um, I don't know. It's not a lack of effort, but it's a lack of hitting levels you should be hitting consistently, you know? 100%. And that argument me and you had on Saturday, that stemmed from... I was arguing about everyone giving out about the whole team playing sideways and backwards all the time. And my thing on that is that's just, it's part of a team that drops right off and plays really deep and makes it hard for you. You, you have to go backwards and go sideways sometimes. Otherwise, you just lump the ball forward. Then you're putting the ball at risk and you're not in control anymore. But that, 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 that's what made that's not me. true though. Like we, we scored by doing that. He scored the winning goal by doing that the last day. And he, I don't know if you saw John Russell's interview with, with Adam Leonard on the LOI TV afterwards, but he made the point that when they were chasing the game, there's 15, 20 minutes to go. He was really disappointed by how little urgency they showed. Like he literally said the word too much backwards and sideways. Yeah. But they, they have somebody like Max Mata up there who you could chip a ball up to. We don't have a player like that. I, I'd have no problem chasing the game with 10 minutes to go and like if you had a ball I'm sick we always use Boydie as an example but like if you had a Boydie in the box yeah lump balls up to him no problem but there was no point doing that on Friday I didn't think Jack Heaney was just going to mop everything up so I don't see the point I'd rather us do what good teams do in my opinion and stick to your plan Move the ball sideways. Sometimes it has to go back to go sideways. You can just can't avoid that. But like there was people, we'd have a throw in, and either of the wing backs would throw it back to a centre half. And yeah, that's it. Oh, go forward! What do you want them to do? Like Jesus Christ! Some of the some of the shouts are mad. Now that's just football. Like that's football. You're always going to get that. But yeah, I. That's what made me go. The shout about too much sideways and back. That made me go and watch the game back. And I noticed with JJ, he's so good at like, here's the coaching terms now, Dazzler. Oh. Those little like, the disguise, little penetrating passes. And they're, just, they're not always like overly elaborate. They can just be little 10-yarders. But JJ has a knack of taking a whole midfield out of the game, which is one ball. Like he'll mm. slip a little one. And he done not enough of it on Friday, obviously, but done plenty on Monday night he was brilliant I, Adam asked me for man of the match and himself Jack Moylan and Matty Smith were the three that were in the shake up for me the other one who 
I probably unfairly didn't mention was Cam. Cam was brilliant when he came mm, on, and Shane Shane will get all the the plaudits as he should because he got two assists. But Cam was brilliant. I just love the way he runs with the ball. It's so hard to deal with. You're never expecting it out of a player so deep like that, but he's just brilliant at carrying it out. But we'll go to the game on Monday. Yeah, we probably have to start with the first half. Actually, no, you know, we'll start with we'll start with me getting stung on my birthday to have to commentate. Very late in the day. I didn't even have a pen up up in the country. I didn't know who half the Sligo players was, where I didn't know anything. So I have Georgie Pointing to blame for that. Well look, all I can do is apologize. I mean this in no disrespect, but you were the ninth choice. <laughs> you were that's not even a joke, by the way. There was eight people ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, there actually was. And that was only because I didn't want you to spend your birthday in the gantry. I wanted you to spend your birthday with some waffle fries and some chicken, but um needs must and when we got to Fagan's at uh whatever time it was, ten past six on, on Friday and we had no cocom. Georgie's under the weather, we uh we send him our best wishes and, and uh he's got a bit of a head cold at the moment. So we will get him back on comms. There was a great reception when we said he's gonna be back in Talca. Obviously a very popular fella around the place for for what he did um in twenty twenty one and he was someone who actually came out of twenty twenty with his reputation intact, you know. Always give everything for the Reds and uh, we will we do look forward to having them at some stage. But uh, yeah, duty, fair play, you uh you took the call up late on. Well, I had no choice. <laughs> Couldn't leave Adam on his own. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I boiled down to. Let's like, no, call a spade a spade. Um, look, well, I don't know if you really want to pull back the curtain here, but there there was a there was an offer. Someone did offer to do it at the eleventh hour, or asked why they weren't asked to do it. <sighs> Can we name names here? Yeah, uh, Sean Boyd <laughs> basically was uh, wanted to know why he couldn't do it, and I had a moment in the tunnel with him trying to explain. And I think Gav Malloy knew what I was saying because Gav just kind of smiled and walked away as I was saying it. But my point was, as much as we'd all like to hear from Boydie, there is no positive that can come from commentating on your own team because all you're going to do is end up doing a Roy Keane on it and he'd be hammering everyone. He would have been hammering Paddy Barrett and Luke and all the defenders for not giving enough service to the centre-forwards and it would have turned into a bit of mayhem. So, Boydie, it's not personal. Um. Mike, Sean on again, actually, I think I like, we seem to get a good uh, reaction to the Jack Moylan episode where we kind of dug a little bit deeper, maybe got away from the the standard questions and dived in a bit. And boy, he's definitely one with an interesting career behind him so far. Is he the special guest? This No, 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 he's not. He's no. not. Our special guest is even more special than that. And we'll get there. Don't worry. Right, back to Monday. Come on. I've I've notes here, believe I know. <laughs> you, are, you always put me off. Send me off track. And the goal that we conceded against Sligo. And I wanna the reason I want to go into this is because the manager gave a really I think it was interesting because it was so simple. His explanation to the conceding set pieces, look, we've conceded a lot. Um you spoke to the manager. Do you want to kind of explain what what he said for people that didn't hear it? To be fair, I do think you'd probably explain it better than I would, you being the resident football man yeah. of the podcast. 
I thought that went out with Clarky, but obviously not. No. But it kind of just boiled down to that we're missing Boydie in the box and his presence in the box. And he obviously has a role that he was playing from the set pieces or was due to play. And he basically said that we don't have a lot of height. That was kind of the gist of it, wasn't it? Really, like this, that lad Fabrice Hartman had a brilliant delivery. His delivery was excellent for the whole night until the last ten minutes when it needed to be really good. But like when teams are fizzing balls in like that, and I think again, it's hard to know because I don't really know whether we do zonal or whether we do player for player, whether we do a little bit of everything. But it seemed to be Tyreek that lost his man, and obviously it was Matty against Derry got blocked out. But like you think of. Tyreek jumping for a header with was it John Mann scored the header? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. It was um, Lafferty, Danny Lafferty. Yeah, who's not a bat? Who's not a small fella? I, it's a no contest, really. It's like if you think of it the other way and stick Paddy Barrett up against I don't know who's a smaller player that we would have. Keen Levy, like match it up that way, and it's a no contest as well. So just thought it was. Interesting. I think everyone gets too technical sometimes and looks into it too much. You also enjoyed uh, Duffer's name for set pieces, didn't you? Sets. Yeah, sets. Simple, see? It's like being in the army. You need to have short code for everything. Yeah. It takes too long to say set pieces. Yeah, I think it was... Because it's one of those where like you could probably get into a bit of spoof and say, oh, we're a bit unlucky. But it was just like, Sean Boyd, that, that hole that is left there where they've put it in would be where he would be standing. We're obviously missing Lukey as well, who um, is a massive presence, particularly in the air. Like, I don't think when people talk about uh, Lukey's attributes, his, his heading is probably not one that um, gets enough credit. So we're missing two very, very important figures. Uh, probably, you know, there's they're kind of seen as a bit of a weak point at times. So it'll be... We'll have to find a way to deal with them. I don't know what that way is. You know, if you're more aggressive on them, is there a chance you'll concede a penalty um, in this league? Probably, even if you don't. Or do you do you want to see your goalkeeper coming for them more? The other, the knock-on oh, effect of that is he could get caught in no man's land and looks a bit dopey if he gets beaten by it, you know? Yeah, that's true. I'd go full FIFA on it and just uh, hold triangle for every corner and just let Ker- Connor Cairns come out and just see what happens. Go full on, um, like PE tactics, and just put everyone on the line and let Connor Cairns run out and see if he can punch it away. Why not? Something different. I he wouldn't laugh. Cairns has been brilliant, right? Oh, and so good. He he's just he hasn't made a mistake yet. He's he's done everything you would expect from him and more. And I think his his role in like his distribution is is very 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 good. And it's kind of goes under the radar at times, but his shot stopping's fantastic. Duty, I know you'll do the whole that's his job, blah blah blah. But he's been perfect for us, and I he's not a he's a commanding presence in the box for for a young man, and I'd back him to to come for those because anytime he did, he he won them. You know, he he, he did his job. He did what he had to do. He looks convincing. Like we yeah, shells yeah. have never been blessed with keepers who are really comfortable coming off their line like Steve Williams no I'm going to stay right on my line here and you can all do whatever you want Dino is similar Clarkie was similar Connor's more than happy to come out and I know you're slagging me there but I'll do the whole you know that's his job go full Roy Keane on it but 
more importantly than that for me, in the last 10 minutes, he came out for two corners. He punched one right at the end and he claimed one with, I think, those two or three minutes to go. They're more important than picking any ball out of top corner. Just took the pressure off, especially the way the game had panned out where we were under a bit of pressure, but we didn't look like we were going to concede. Like, this all started for me in Waterford, in Waterford away in the semi-final where, like, I was panicked in that semi-final. I was going, oh, here we go. We're going to concede. Probably two. We'll end up losing this 2-1. This will be typical shells, blah, 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 blah. And we didn't, and we gave up no chances, and we looked so comfortable. Dare I say, Duffer's probably done away with that thing now that I would have, that fear. I'm confident now, going into the last five, ten minutes of a game, a goal up. We don't look like we're going to concede, ever, in that situation. And again, as good as we can be going forward, or as good as we can be in possession, that's more important. Because picking up points, like we did Monday, and Again, this is the cynic in me. I always look down the table rather than up. It's just about keeping a bit of breathing space there. But there was real doom and gloom at halftime. I definitely felt that I'd done my usual. I came out of the gantry, went down, had a chat with my dad and my brother. I always try and get kind of somebody else's opinion on the game. And the, anyone, any conversations I kind of heard on the way down were all like, we need to get the finger out here. Were you in a similar mindset? Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. I was trying to do more on the Instagram stories, so I was kind of near the tunnel for half time, and someone just decided to stand there and just shout abuse. Um, and it wasn't like the you know, come on lads, you know, big second half. It was is our fucking shite kind of abuse, and it wasn't helpful. It was weird. The stewards kind of told him to get away, and he kind of had a I'm a season ticket holder i can can do what i want which is definitely not how season tickets work um yeah it was a strange one um davy mack kind of had a not a pop back but said get behind the team you know if you want to do something get behind them so it was a weird atmosphere at half time but i have to say like the game shouldn't have been at 745 it should have been an earlier kickoff but the riverside atmosphere was amazing it's the smallest home attendance for the season but there was a brilliant brilliant crew in there they brought color and noise and i thought the support to be fair even after a first half that was a bit mental like we could have been two up or three down it was a bit of a weird one but i thought the fans were were great especially after some of the frustration of you know definitely in that second half of the first half you call it we were under the cosh we were we didn't look right and the frustrating part for me would be that first 10 minutes, we gave up three chances. I mean, we handed them three chances. Like that one, I don't remember who it was. He had only come off the bench, actually. Um, oh, here you go. Me and Adam had a little glance at each other when this lad was coming on originally. Rad, Rad, Radislakowski, I think his name was. Something along them lines, anyway. But his miss was horrific. How he put that wide, I don't know. And it's the whole, the whole story. If that one goes in... No, it's a totally different game, but we seem to just give up chances, especially early on. And I don't know whether. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Maybe Andy Quinn coming in cold onto the game. Like obviously he hadn't played and like he hasn't had a whole lot of game time this year. Maybe he was just caught a little bit slow and like himself and JR I think it was kind of kind of got between them a little bit down that side. So there was a bit of that, but we looked vulnerable in the first half, I think, and that was a problem. Didn't look great going forward. We struggled to kind of keep any kind of possession in the final third. The three lads up there, obviously Levy, Moylan and Matty Smith, looked a bit... They kind of looked like they hadn't played together before. They were just kind of doing their own thing a little bit. And maybe not having that focal point up there doesn't help in that either. But, I mean, we go on about Duffer all the time. And, look, he gives his opinions and like everyone seems to have an opinion on him and everyone sees his passion and all the rest of it but credit where credit's due for the changes he made at halftime he changed the whole game with those three substitutions oh the substitutions were were clever um you you kind of mentioned the fullbacks uh definitely think it was probably an area on friday where like it's hard to pick any particular people but Obviously, Shane didn't start then on on Monday, um, but the changes that were made and how they impacted the game, like they gave us wit, they gave us impetus, and to be fair, it's rewarded virtually instantly um, after the second half because Fowler wins the ball high up the pitch. That kind of aggression we didn't really see on Friday night, where you know you're 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 trying to pin teams down and close him in and the, the ball across for, for Maddie is lovely but Maddie's first touch and finish is just oh. I mean it's outrageously good it's very calm and composed dare I say it's easy to do something like that against UCD because the quality of player you're against is is not what you get at a Sligo but to create that much time in the box fantastic like Sligo are a good team they are and that's, I think, what made the, the comeback. Like, if you're 1-0 down to a UCD or like the way the league has panned out, a Cork or somebody like that, and you're 1-0 down at halftime and come back to 2-1, probably there's a bit of, well, we should be beating them anyway. But I'd like to think the likes of a Sligo are probably a little bit ahead of us in terms of where expectations would be, not a million miles ahead of us. And to be able to put in the second half performance that we did, to get the reaction from the substitutions that we got. And I loved how the substitutions just kind of slotted in. They didn't come out and lure into somebody 30 seconds in to try and make some kind of impact. They just came in, went about their business. It was obviously Cam, Ev Caffrey and Shane Farrell came on. And they just totally changed the game. It was interesting, the manager mentioned as well in his post-match that 
they there was a slight change to the way they were pressing. Now to the naked eye, most of us probably wouldn't have noticed that. I didn't notice it in real time either, but something just changed and I'd love to know what it was. I'd love to know what the tactical change was that changed the way we were pressing. I think we kinda of had an extra man in the middle nearly. And it made such a difference. We were brilliant. Cameron again, I know I said earlier I didn't mention him enough in the commentary, but his energy and his running and the amount of little tackles he won and very rarely gave the ball away. He was excellent. And another one as well who had a hairy moment in the first half and had a brilliant recovery uh, was Shane Griffin. I thought he was brilliant again. And similar enough, you talk about players kind of coming in cold, not having a, a whole heap of game time. You know, Griff has cemented himself so well since starting in Cork a few weeks ago, what was his first appearance of the season. He's done brilliant. Um, someone else who I think is worth highlighting and, you know, he probably would be frustrated by his lot at the moment, um, game time wise, but every time Brian McManus comes on, he he's just he's just good, right? He wins tackles, he reads the ball well, he gets us out of trouble, and he gets us moving up the pitch. And I think when you look to that bench this year, the manager said it a million times, so I'm just repeating him, but like to be able to have players that can affect and change a game and go from being 1-0 down and you could be 3-0 down to to deservedly win in 2-1. And look, we could have won it by more. Like, you know, Jack has the brilliant chances, a huge recovery. I think it's I think it's Mann who's, who's hamstring or his calf goes and it looks like Jack is coming through one-on-one then he just swoops out of nowhere with a amazing tackle. But like, we had we had good chances to uh, to do that. And I, it's not that 2-1 flatter slider or anything like it. Like, it's a, it's a tight game. They probably feel like they deserve something from it. But... I don't think it's a snatch and grab or anything like it. I don't think it's uh well, geez, we, we, we got out of jail there. We robbed that one. No, not at all. I'd agree there. The other one as well, the work rate and the application from Jack Moylan was like second to none. I, he worked so, so, so hard. And all those little runs he did, like he might pick a ball up the halfway line and he'd dribble for maybe 15 or 20 yards and then he'd take a foul. Like that's ask any defender or centre midfielder. That stuff is worth its weight in gold. Those little breeders he gives to the team just gives everyone a chance to relax. It gives the staff a chance to get messages on if they need to. Like it's so important. And you mentioned Matty's goal. Shane Farrell's cross was excellent. It's in a really awkward place. It's too far for the keeper. It's very easy for a fullback to get caught under it, which ended up happening. But Matty's composure. I loved how he was so composed at the start to take the touch and then he just lashed it. He just let loose, put his head down, smashed it into the roof of the net. And Look, I've mentioned Matty on here a few times. I've seen and heard of people, you know, maybe questioning like he hasn't been good enough and he's not given us anything. And Another one whose work rate is phenomenal. With him without the ball, he brings other players into the game. He's brilliant when he runs at the fences. And I was, I was buzzing from that he got his goal. I really was. And I'm raging that he didn't understand what I was saying to him in the post-match about his goal. Because he kind of just looked at me with one eyebrow up and said, what is this fella saying? Uh, he, he couldn't understand him either, so it's <laughs> all right. But he's, he's a funny one as well. Like talking about the manager and 
like the relationship the manager seems to have with the players is obviously a really good one. But it was interesting as well that Matty said in the post match with me that um like the manager caned him, like really, really hammered him over his performance on Friday. Like was really heavy and got on top of him and then it's like maybe the manager thought about it more overnight or whatever and then kind of put the arm around him. I think Matty actually said gave him a bit of a cuddle <laughs> after that and, you know, told him how good he is and probably testament to Duffer's man management that that's the kind of tune he can get out of a player after a Friday performance. I think there's probably two elements to it. Like he he he, he kinda of said afterwards that he didn't speak to them and um that was kind of well documented, but I think it was more so obviously one element is you, you don't speak to them because you don't want to say there's the motivational tactic of, of not saying anything is huge, but also, you know, you don't want to say something you might regret. And he, he did make that point where, you know, I said some things at half time um that probably were harsh and maybe I would regret them. And I knew if I, if I went in a full time, I definitely would regret what, what I might say because he said he was angry with it and, you know, he took the result home or whatever. And that's something he never tries to do, but it worked for Maddie, obviously, because um he responded and he responded positively. And that's what you kind of want to see. Like it's, I, I do feel that, you know, the players are mature enough to know that if they're on their case, it's because they can and should be doing more. And if the person who's on your case has literally achieved more than most Irish footballers ever, um, you probably should be be taking that guidance and listening to someone because, like, if you're if you're not in that team, that Shells team, that Sligo team, any team with ambitions of going beyond that or going to a higher level, well, then you probably don't know what you're doing playing football, um. And I think that's what he wants to do. Like he said a few times, he, he wants to help people, you know, unlock potential that got him to where to where he got to. And that's that's what he wants to do. So if lads get a, a grilling, a caning, whatever you want to call it, it's probably because he really thinks there's something special there. And speaking of potential and wanting players to fulfil their potential, great to see Jad on again. And for those concerned... That was a tactical switch in the end, wasn't it? The manager said he wasn't. Jad obviously came on and then came back off, but the manager said it was a tactical decision, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said we, Jad came on at 1-0 down, went back off at 2-1 up, having done what he was kind of meant to do. It's probably an element of getting a defensive body on, but you know, without saying we're trying to get a defensive body on. Who came on for Jad? Was it... Uh... Oh, let me think. Give me a second. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian McManus. Brian did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian did. And he was brilliant for that last few minutes. Um, no, he said it was purely tactical. Um, he, I, I found, like, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek. I find, like, the decisions are interesting, but how you get to them I find very interesting. So three changes at halftime is mad. Like, you don't – do you make that decision when you hit the top of the stairs? Do you make that decision after the first goal goes in? I, I actually found that – very, 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 I don't know, enlightening. I don't know. Am I just a loser? No, because, like, three changes at halftime is always a, it's a risk because, especially when it's 1-0, because if you go on to lose 2 or 3 or 4-0, people can easily start turning around saying, 
oh, we were only 1-0 down, you know, we weren't we weren't miles off, we were still in the game, and then we ended up losing 4-0 because there was three mad changes made. So it is a risk, but didn't he say that two eventually became three? Like, it, it wasn't always going to be three. And then closer to half time, he decided. I think it's interesting. I'd say a lot of people would think that, like, a half time, the staff get together. And it's like, right, what are we going to do? But those conversations were going on from like half an hour into the game. Mm. According and to that, the that's the part I found really interesting because, like, you, you I, I'd be probably, yeah a bit naive and think oh they they figure it out when they get up there um well no he'd said that on 35 he'd figured out what he wanted to do he'd leave it till half time um obviously aware that you know if you do if you change it then you do run that risk of you know a complete imbalance in the team if you hook lads at 35 um coming into the pace of a, a game that's happening maybe you're better off waiting till the the break to make the change but yeah, 35, he decided to make two. He didn't say which two. And then around about 40, uh, maybe it was after the first goal, he said he would, he said, nah, here, I'm making three. Went upstairs, chatted to the staff, got their intake, opinion, input, and then made the changes. And how hilarious was the OG? <laughs> oh, God. I had two people said it to me after the game. I got texts off a couple of the lads saying, you didn't get very excited for the second goal on the commentary. And I was like, because how can you? Like, you're just looking like... And, and the angle from the gantry was terrible because I didn't know whether... It looked like it was trickling wide, wide yeah. at the start. But just hilarious. And we've been on the end of goals like that so many times, calamitous goals. And it was nice to be on the, the right end of it. But again... Like Shane Farrell, look, I've I don't think I've been overly critical of him on here, but he hasn't had a great start to the season. I don't, like, I don't think that's being harsh. It's just being honest. But he was really, really good when he came on, and like people are like, oh, it was just a long ball, and, like it was jammy. But if you don't play that long ball up there, that opportunity doesn't arise where John Mahan makes an absolute balls of it and it goes in. But Shane was. Really, really good, really positive. Some really good defending out of him as well, which I think seems to be getting better and better at that. He did very, very well, and I think he does deserve a little bit of credit. Like he, he was, he's dropped to be fair for for Monday, and, and the manager said he hasn't been the Shane Farrell that he he himself the Shane the standards he would set of himself. So I think he responded very well, and it's good to see him. Like I would, I would much prefer to see us gamble long once, then hit the centre backs from the edge of the eighteen yard box and try recycle it. Um, because I, I just think you, you, you just don't know what happened. Like we scored a, a similar goal doing that in Cork. Um, I we probably have used up all our luck for this season on hitting hopes, but at the same time, I just think. They're so difficult to defend. You might get a little knock on. It might break kindly. You're just far more likely to score a goal from doing something like that than you are to just a five-yard pass from your centre midfielder to your centre half. Fair. And when you look now, like the league table, we're up to fifth. Two points off a of European spot. Like it's gas how a win like that and how doom and gloom it was Friday. And then you look at that table. 
I'd certainly look at the table now and say, geez, if I finished like that, I'd be... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More than happy. And I also mentioned to you and the lads in the chat that we have a nice run of games, I think. Now, look, the manager and nobody can come out and say that because it's the more likely to end up with egg on their face, but taking the Rovers game out of it, we do have a nice run of games. Like, we have to play, obviously, Rovers away, it's live on RTE, Dundalk at home, that's live on RTE as well. Then we have Cork at home, draw it away, UCD at home, and it even goes far as saying Sligo away. Like, that's a nice little run, I think. If you remember how, how awful our start to the season was, fixture-wise, like, to go into the first round of games in the middle of the table is absolutely brilliant. It's a very, 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 very good start when you look that beyond the draw of the game, even that first run of games. I remember when it came out, there was just this feeling of, oh, this by round one, we could either be in a, a really, really sticky situation or, or we could be, you know, up in the middle and we're up in the middle. So um, it's great. It's it's. Like I would say the start of the season has been successful and the thing I'd be most uh I don't know, happy about would be the fact that we haven't taken the points we've deserved. Like we've we've definitely left points out there and I think we'll improve. Like if you look at the improvement in that team in twenty twenty two between the first series of games and the last series of games, bearing in mind we probably had better results in the first series of games and the last series of games but the, the growth, the improvement of the performances, like I would be very, very comfortable and happy on the trajectory that we're on. I would as well. I'm very happy with the start we've had. As you say, like leaving points behind straight away to draw the game. Like add two points to what we have and like you're you're right up there, you know. So well, things are going well. The two obviously big negatives. The one Friday will be Gavin and I going off injured and obviously Monday Mark Coyle went off injured again. Do we have any kind of update on the lads? Yeah, Gav's uh, x-ray came back all clear. Um, no breaks Lord. or anything. I think it's a case of the swelling and all that. So you have to wait till that gets down to get a full picture of it. But it looks like it's ankle ligaments. So um, he's in the boot. Uh, and I, there probably will be an update maybe by Thursday team news. Thursday's tomorrow. Um, so yeah, there might be an update on that. Um, Mark Coyle, the manager said, looks like a um, kind of a re-trigger of, of the same hamstring injury, but obviously not as severe. You can kind of tell from Mark's face, and he was like, same thing again. And the most annoying part is he's been since he came back, he's been really good, very very solid, like. Ability to win tackles, ability to to get us moving and up the pitch. Like if he is out for any extended period of time, he'd be a big loss. Yeah, he's our best midfielder, I think. Among all that, we have a big game Friday. It's a big, big game. 
one of my least favourite grounds to go to. Don't know why. I just doesn't get the juices flowing for me whatsoever. Soulless, cavernous, windy. Um, people argue it's the best ground in the country. I'd argue it's probably the most polished ground in the country, but is the least amount of character of every stadium in the country. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it's obviously Rovers away. Look, I keep saying this, Rovers on paper had a bad start. They were playing really, really well in most of those games. Just a few mad things happened. And I just kept saying all along, these lads will end up putting a winning run together. They could easily go win six, seven games in a row. And I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. They've obviously had, obviously had back-to-back wins. They got the win against Bowles. And then they beat UCD. It was a 3-0, I think, on Monday night. So yeah. how, what are you expecting? How are you rating their chances? I watched a chunk of that UCD game back um, and UCD were poor. <laughs> like they were just, oh, they, UCD turned up the talent. Not, I, I, like in a similar way that we played in UCD in which like we turned up to UCD thinking, oh, look, we'll, we'll do what we can here. We'll, it just, they, they just looked flat. They didn't really look like they had any desire or spirit or they looked like they didn't want to be there. And, um, the quicker they got out of there, the better. The quality of the goals, like Rovers did not have to work very hard for the first goal. It's practically a tap in, like, um, and they just they give them a bit of a hiding. Um, I wouldn't have anything to fear in any way, shape, or form. Like we went there last year. Obviously, the two 0 game wasn't great, but by the time we got to the end of the season, um, the famous Reggie Rob tweet that saw us run afoul of. <laughs> The FAI's disciplinary union and a two grand fine, which Reggie is yet to uh, yet to pay. Um, but by the end of the season, we were we were competing, and we should have been. Um, we should have won that game. I think the manager describes it the last day as one of the great games he was involved in um, as a manager, player, or whatever. And it was like it was just the drama of it was was off the charts. But yeah, I, you'd have no real fear um, going there. We played well when we played them. Do you know what? You made a, a point earlier on the podcast where you said that um, the kind of mood changed where you never really felt like, even at 2-1, that we were clinging on to to grab the win. And when Sligo had the ball and we're, we're trying to magic something up, like we never really felt like we'd do a oh, typical Shelburne, here we go. I think I look back at that Rovers game at home and it felt like the mindset Definitely in the stands. I don't know about on the pitch. Definitely in the stands changed where, like, when the board came up for additional time, it was the Shells fans who were off their feet, like, absolutely delighted that it was six minutes and thinking, come on, we can we can nick a winner here. Where, you know, last season we would have been groaning and sighing at six minutes, thinking, oh, Jesus, what's going to happen? Um, so I do feel that there's, there's, a, there's a confidence going there, which I know sounds a bit mad because they lose so rarely there, but, like, I, I don't think we've anything to fear I think it's that old thing we're set up to play against teams like that really I think frustrate teams and then you're going to have the likes of Jack Boyle and Matty Smith going the other way who can cause huge problems so oh, I'd be I'd be similar I wouldn't be fearing going out there at all <laughs> look famous last words you know, could easily end Rory up with Gaffney, a, two headers two yeah. corners two nil game over could easily end up with a you know a three or four nil type job but Look, it's I 
hate the term, it's like a free hit, and I know the manager hates that type of stuff as well, but it is. I mean, their season isn't going to be defined by playing Rovers away. But at the same time, nicking a point out there would be a massive, massive result. Because as I say, we've a decent run of fixtures after that. So a good performance, run them close, cause them problems. And I'd be happy enough with that. Get out with no injuries, no suspensions. And yeah, just have a good, solid crack off them. Give me a prediction. I'm going to go 1-0 shells. Oh, that's brave. Brave. I know. I think if you if you measured all the predictions I've ever done on the podcast, <laughs> Shells would win the league every year by 120 points. Troy went for a 6-0 against UCD, so... <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah, I mean, I can't say much. I I would go for a nil-all. I think a nil-all. Frustrate them. Don't give them anything. Didn't we concede early enough out there the last time? Yeah, but we, we were back into it by half-time. Carler scored twice. Was that that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we conceded both. We conceded early in both games. Yeah, um, I think I missed the Rovers away for like thirty seconds. Yeah, wasn't that when we well beaten in that game? Yeah, yeah, we lost two 0 but we just we never really. Yeah, no, that's the one I'm thinking of. Don't don't give anything away, silly. Early on, like if we start the way we started against Ligo, I mean, forget it. You'll be three 0 down before you know where you are. But no, I'm going nil all. I'm going to stick with nil all. Um, and a Rovers red card. But dude, we, we actually could have been 2 0 up in that game. Like, Jack has a great chance. And instead of lashing into the top corner, he kind of tries to side foot a pass McNichols. Like, I know it, the start to the Sligo game wasn't wonderful. But at the same time, like, if we'd have taken our chances, if we'd have gone 1 0 up in two minutes, like, I don't know if they would have got that chance. I don't know if they would have hit the crossbar. Like, it's. No, but I mean, in terms of just giving up those soft chances so yeah. early. Yeah, like I think if we we're one nil up, we don't give up those soft chances. Yeah, true, fair. Um, come yeah. here before before you 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 get to the end because I know you like to get to a finish line when you see once we tick over fifty minutes, you're like right, blow it up. Right? <laughs> um, but did you enjoy your favorite goalkeeper conceding an absolute howler? Oh, he, <laughs> he's the softest goalkeeper in the country. No, well, yeah, we may as well say a big windy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is... But I'd argue both goals. That second one, somebody tried... I think it was the second one. Somebody tried to make an excuse. Oh, I went through a load of bodies. Dad, stop. Don't be annoying me. He is the most average goalkeeper you'll ever find. He played a massive part in us getting relegated in 2020 because his wrists are made out of Weebix. Forget him. He's brutal. I cannot wait for Drogheda away. I'm totally looking forward to it. Wow. Yeah, see, get me going. I think I, real happy. We were both in great form coming on to this thing. You start mentioning him, and then I just get annoyed. I've never known somebody to oh, want to be a victim so much. The carry on album is desperate. You'd swear he was a player when he played for us. Like, we literally got stuck with him because we couldn't find anyone else. Yeah. He's like that last kid picked in PE. Like, you're stuck with him, so you can't really have too much of a pop off him if he's bad because, well, he wasn't our choice anyway, but look, I digress. It's, it was enjoyable that he conceded six on his last trip to Tolka before, obviously, uh, the, the hour nil-nil draw. 
Yeah, ah, we look, we like to enjoy these things. Yeah, but he was—it was a terrible mistake. Like, what was he at? I don't know. I just don't know. But again, hilarious stuff, and I did thoroughly enjoy it because I those Monday games tend to get a bit lost for me. Like, I always forget. I'm in a kind of a routine where in work, when I take my lunch on a Monday, I'll sit down and watch the highlights of the Friday night games because obviously all the days were a bit thrown off. I forgot. Those highlights, so I watched them yesterday on my lunch. And I was sitting in the van, they have to bury my face into a sambo, dad, where, and I just burst out laughing when he done what he did. Oh, big, windy bastard. Anyway, I, I knew you'd enjoy that the most, um, because it was just it's you know, some people they deserved their lot in life, and that was a very <laughs> deserved mistake. His last trip to Tolkien, he, he, he stuck the middle finger up at a child. Yeah, I that was <laughs> it was one of them where I we were all sitting down there together and I think I turned around to you and did you see that? Did he actually just do that? Like a small child. <laughs> I don't mind them giving a bit of stick back to the crowd. That's fine. Look, they get enough abuse to throw a little bit back, but I mean Oh, giving a finger to a child. Can't do that. You <laughs> Yeah. Definitely can't do that. Anyway, enough about him. He's taking up minutes here. This, this is like when we give our time to Shelbyville. I've no time for <laughs> Um Dazzler, we have a very special guest coming up, don't we? We do. We might save it for next week's announcement because it won't be next week's podcast. It'll be the week after that. Oh, can we do that after telling people at the start? I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's your podcast, pal. Let's tell the people, Dazzler. Are you sure? Let's tell them, yes. I Because people can stew in the build-up and they can look forward to it. And, yeah, I, I say we tell them. What do you reckon? Well, I told everyone Georgie Poynton was going to be on comms. <laughs> and it ends up just being you, so. Well, I'll I'll take the hit on this one. Go on. You, you organised it. You've done all the heavy lifting. But we will finally, on the 1895 podcast, an in-depth interview with the great Damien Duff. Finally, he's coming. We've agreed. We found a, a mutual time that suited everybody, and that was the only issue. He, he wants to come on. He wants to chat to us. It was just trying to nail down a time when we could do it, and it's done. So we will have Damien Duff here on the 1895 podcast on the week of... Dazzler? Uh, the 26th. Happy days, the 26th. So you'll hear from the manager then. Dazzler, we're out of time. This timer's about to give up on us. I was, I, I was going to ask you, are you going to ask him um, what's his least favourite part of a fry? I mean, can I ask him that? I asked him, was he going home to eat Easter eggs on Monday? So I suppose, yeah. So you're telling me I can ask the former Premier League winner, played in World Cups, um, 100 caps for Ireland, and I can ask him what his favourite part of a fry is. You can ask him anything you want. Well, for all that and more, make sure you tune into that pod. We'll be back next week, as normal. Who'll be the guest? Who knows? Because I don't know. Dazzler. Red Sails, not the caravan of love. Can I, can I make an executive decision here? You want Red Sails back? I want Red Sails back, not the, the ball. Official media partner of Shell I'll do that for you. For all the latest sports Mr. Domino, news, take it away. Thanks, Dazzler.
carry my little one 